Hi there, a quick note before the episode begins. Did you know that Mija has her own audiobook with exclusive and brand new material? It's called Mija Podcast, the audiobook, an exclusive and never-before-heard collection of memoirs and reflections by her creator, Lori Martinez, about what it meant to turn her own migration story into a fiction series. When you get Ochenta's audiobooks, you're directly supporting our independent audio series productions. You can find it on Libro.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobooks app. Also available in Spanish and French. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ten minutes is very little time, but when I was eight years old, ten minutes was the time it took my older brother and me to walk to school. On the way to school, we would tell each other all the things we thought we were going to do there. And on the way back, we'd talk about all the stuff we actually did. Maybe that's how I got a taste for storytelling. Why I became Miha. Although this first episode is about me, others will talk about members of my family, or those alive, those long gone, and those still dreaming. Here's what you need to know about me. I'm a big foodie, I love to talk, I love to help others, and I love to embellish things to tell a good story. I'm Miha, so here we go, 10 minutes to tell my story. Paris in the 80s, the city of lights, the city of the Eiffel Tower, home to Yves Saint Laurent, Chanel, and the famous baguette. But Paris, it was also home to a working class and immigrant population like my parents. My mother, Hien, is half Chinese from Shanghai and half Vietnamese. She immigrated to Paris, France in 1975. My father, Nong, is Chinese from Canton. He also immigrated to Paris, France in 1976. During the day, Hien worked as a saleswoman in a sovereign shop in the lively Beaubourg neighborhood in the center of Paris. Here's how they met. Hello, miss. I'm looking for a gift for my mother. Do you have an idea for a 50-year-old lady? Mm, if she's anything like my mother, the shinier, the more colorful it is, the better. They smile at each other. Just like that, they fell in love. Imagine moving thousands of miles from home to a city of millions where you disappear into the crowds, where your French isn't the best it could be, and where work is hard to come by. Life as an immigrant isn't easy. So naturally, the person that makes you feel most at home is someone from home. These two immigrants found each other in Paris. They fell in love and had a son, Julian. 
and then a daughter, me, Micha. A few years later, they separated. Julian and I stayed with Hien, who remarried a Frenchman. Nong found love again too, but he always stayed close to us. Growing up, my parents used to tell us stories about family members we didn't know, like that of Lu Yiming, my great-aunt. Lu Yiming was an ordinary woman. She didn't owe much, but always gave to others when she could. One day, while walking by a river near her home, Lu Yiming saw a young boy fishing. He was so thin that it was obvious that he had nothing to eat. At the end of the day, the boy had caught nothing, so Lu Yiming gave him a bowl of rice. Every day after that, she would give him a bowl of rice to make sure he had something to eat. The young boy took the bowl, embarrassed, and promised to pay it back one day. Years passed, and Lu Yiming lost sight of him. She then immigrated to France and had to start over with nothing. It was hard. But one day, during a long and disappointing job search, the recruiter who met her at the door looked familiar. The boy had become a man and now worked in an office in the middle of Paris. They recognized each other at once. That's how she got the job that allowed her to stay in France and provide for her family. She had reaped the results of her past good deeds. In our culture, that is called karma. Karma is what happens when we do good deeds. If we are generous, then good things will come back to us tenfold. Nothing is impossible if you have good karma. And, of course, the opposite is also true. With karma, if we do bad deeds, they come back to bite us. Every night before bed, Hien would tell us variations of Lu Yiming's story to show us the power of good karma. She strongly believed that no matter what happened, we shouldn't be afraid and we shouldn't complain because everything is the result of our karma. Okay, maybe you don't believe in karma. At first, neither did I. But let's think about it for a second. If that were true, and all your good deeds and your bad deeds were recorded in a notebook, wouldn't you want to be able to reap the rewards of your good deeds? I would. Anyway, my story takes place between two cultures, French culture and Asian culture. Growing up in Paris was great. We lived in a working-class neighborhood. It wasn't exactly the chic Paris you see in magazines, but for me, it was paradise. Next door, there was a Moroccan grocery store where I'd buy candy after school. A French bakery to buy the baguettes for Sunday sandwiches. And across the street, a metro station that meant adventure. The metro could take us anywhere from the Eiffel Tower to Disneyland Paris or the Jardin des Plantes. Everyone I grew up with came from or had parents who came from somewhere else. My best friend was Algerian. My other girlfriends were Chinese and Cambodian. In my class, there were also Senegalese, Moroccan and Polish girls. All French. As for my Chinese and Vietnamese culture, that came from my parents. We couldn't afford to travel and fly home to China. But it was everywhere at home. 
by the front door at the altar for our ancestors, where every Sunday, Hien would buy some fruit to place underneath the photos of our grandparents. In the kitchen, where Hien cooked dishes that reminded her of home, and at the holidays, during Chinese New Year, when we'd go to the Dragon Parade in the 13th arrondissement and eat ban me on the side of the road. But as I grew older, I began to reject my Asian culture. I didn't realize yet that it was an important part of my identity. The Asians I saw on TV in France were either street vendors with ridiculous accents or Chinese mafia. I couldn't see myself in them. Instead, I wanted to look more like the singers whose posters I used to collect, American or British pop stars from the 90s or 2000s, but I didn't look like them at all. <laughs> so, because I couldn't choose what I looked like, I chose to lean into my other culture, French culture. It was only later on that I understood that this mix of France and Asia is actually a richness that allows us to see the world in many ways at once. And there's one thing I regret, and I want to end my 10 minutes with this. Somewhere in the landfill lies the remains of a dining room table. A big, beautiful wooden table, big enough to sit eight people. In its heyday, it was our dining room table in Paris. On this table, my whole Franco-Asian universe was mixed together. It was there that we shared Hien's traditional dishes. Chow for when I was sick, Ban Quan for when we received guests, and spring rolls for snacks on a hot summer day. But as much as I loved Asian food, I didn't like it when Hien showed off our culture when I had friends over. I didn't want to feel different. So I often asked her to speak to me only in French whenever they came over. One day, on my way home from school, After a particularly hard day when I had been called Chinese one too many times, half out of shame, half out of needing to be like the others, I told her to stop talking to me in Chinese altogether. So, from that day on, she stopped. And so did Nong. For a few years, they would speak to me in broken French, and to each other in our mother tongue. I only realized how special it had been to have that source of language and love until much, much, much later. I am the daughter of immigrants. And every day, I write to Hien to see how she is. Ma, Tohao Ma. Hello, Mom. How are you? We talk together in the evenings, and I tell her about my day. When I write to her, I imagine her on the other side of the phone in her house. I know that after our conversation, she will get up and, as she does every night, she will pray in front of the Buddha statues for everything to go well for the family and especially for her children. She's been doing the same thing since before I can remember. After dinner, once the kids were in bed, Hien would stay up, kneel before the altar of the ancestors and the Buddhas and thank them for our good health. Nong, for his part, even though he would never admit it to me, would pray every night too. Chin Ai de Bao Bao, 
都会好起来的。My dear daughter, everything will be all right for you. And their prayers were answered. After all, I am here, and I. This episode was produced by Studio Ochenta. Our executive producer is Laurie Martinez. Our associate producer is Melanie Hong. Story by Melanie Hong and sound design by Laurie Martinez. Artist Tiffany Delune. Theme Gabriel Dalmaso. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Micha Podcast. And if you like the show, you should tell a friend about it and leave us a few stars on Apple Podcast. In the meantime, see you next time. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Did you know that Mija has her own audiobook with exclusive and brand new material? It's called Mija Podcast, the audiobook, an exclusive and never before heard collection of memoirs and reflections by her creator, Lori Martinez, about what it meant to turn her own migration story into a fiction series. When you get Ochenta's audiobooks, you're directly supporting our independent audio series productions. You can find it on Libro.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobooks app. Also available in Spanish and French.